given me and, and blessed me with and taking my talents and, and trying to glorify him through through uh, my passions and my talents. Because so. we need Christians whose faith is alive right now. God doesn't ask for anything in return from us. He just wants us to trust him and believe that, you know, he is the Almighty and sent his son Jesus here down the cross to forgive us of our sins. I'd rather share a Bible verse on Sunday morning with an audience of 100 than just try to sell products and not make any difference at all to an audience of a million. And then it's like, well, that's settled. Let's go. <laughs> we sit back and we, we develop this envious jealousy inside of us because somebody else is living the life that we want while we sit down and don't do anything about it. Get out. Go enjoy it. And then, of course, you know, you and I would say, get in the woods! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt, and I am the host and the founder of this show. The Rise, Kill, Eat podcast exists to be a resource for people that love God, freedom, and the great outdoors. That is exactly what I want to do with this show. So first of all, if this is your first time listening to the Rise, Kill, Eat podcast, thank you for tuning in. You picked a good one to listen to today, and I know you guys are going to really enjoy this one. If you are a return listener of the Rise Fleet Podcast, then thank you so much again for returning and joining me and being a loyal listener to this show. And it's, it literally cannot happen without you guys. And so again, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we get going into today's episode, I just want to ask that you guys connect with me on social media. You guys can find me on Instagram at the handle at rice kill eat that's all lowercase all together it's at rice kill eat and then on facebook you can find me at facebook.com slash rke a field that's rke as in rice kill eat a field all right so that's facebook.com slash rke a field thank you guys for connecting with me those of you guys that have already done that i appreciate all the messages you guys send that's so cool to be able to talk to people from Colorado to be able to talk to people from Florida and, and Washington state. And I mean, literally all over the country. And it's really cool to be able to connect with you guys. And I'm thankful that we live in a time where technology allows us to do that. So thank you guys for connecting with me on social media. And if you haven't yet, then go ahead and do so. Today, I am joined by Noel Gandy. Noel is a pastor and pro staff leader out of the great state of Iowa, which is one of the, of course, Anybody that has been a whitetail hunter for any amount of time, you know that Iowa produces some great deer every year. We have a great conversation today all about what it means to, to live in Iowa and to relocate to Iowa. As you guys will hear from Noel's story, I wanted to have Noel on today to have a great conversation really about what the show's all about. And that's, of course, God, our relationship with Christ, uh, our families, uh, and what hunting means to us. And that's, that's essentially what we get into with today's episode. Noel is a pro staff leader with the Buck Ventures crew, which is something I'm recently been blessed to be a part of. So I'm glad to be able to have Noel on the, the Rise Kelly podcast today so I can kind of pick his brain a little bit about what the Buck Ventures crew and the Woodsmen really mean to him. So speaking of the Woodsmen, make sure that you guys check out the show Woodsmen, which is going to premiere on October 14th, exactly one week from today that you guys are listening to this. You can find The Woodsman on My Outdoor TV. And those of you guys that aren't familiar with My Outdoor TV, it is basically a Netflix type of streaming service 
but for hunting and fishing. All right. So it's, it's got pretty much anybody that is listening to this podcast. You guys, I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy that type of content. That's what I watch whenever I'm being entertained. And I definitely suggest checking out my outdoor TV. And then specifically, I want to suggest you guys check out the woodsman. So the woodsman is a spinoff show of the buck ventures show. And I know you guys are going to really enjoy it. Noel makes an appearance on one of those episodes as well as a bunch of other really incredible people. So make sure you guys check out my outdoor TV and I will leave a link down in the show notes and the details of the show. That way, if you guys are interested in checking out my outdoor TV, click on that link and it'll send you straight there. All right. So again, I'm joined by Noel Gandy today. We dive into a great conversation all about hunting preparation, uh, balancing family and hunting, um, know being a pasture in 2020 uh, we get into all kinds of great topics today so i know you guys are going to enjoy my conversation with Noel gandy so let's get right to it let's do it so i'm sitting here with noel gandy and no i appreciate you being on the rice Lake podcast with me this is certainly a pleasure of mine i've had you ever since i met you this summer i went ahead and put you on the list because i knew i had to had to get you in here uh, for the Rascally podcast. So thank you so much, man. Hey, the honor is mine. Listen, I was going through your list of, uh, of podcasters that you've had on recently. And I mean, <laughs> T-Bone Turner and Tony Smotherman and Jim Libertor and Jeff Danker. I mean, who, who am I? But I'm honored, friend. Well, yeah, I mean, I certainly appreciate it. I, I love having all kinds of people on here and the, the, cool thing about all these people yourself included is that you know we all have the same kind of passion and that's of course our relationship with christ and then you know hunting so that's right. i mean that's that's what this show is all about and I, I love getting people from all over the place literally all over the world just to come on here and just kind of go back and forth on on what fires us up the most so <laughs> i appreciate well, I it it's easy to talk with folks that you have things in common mm-hmm. with and uh when you can share so many different things in common, like, like hunting. I mean, which is, uh, which is awesome, but, but you can share the Lord too. I mean, it just makes it even better. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. And that's, that's the whole point of this, this podcast, this whole show is to do those exact two things. And those, I think I've said this in the past, those two things are the only two things I know how to talk about, like my faith and (laughs) hunting. So if you start talking about, I don't know, the economy or, whatever else is going on. I uh, see. I can't even think of anything. Then right. I don't know. <laughs> I can't, well, I can't hold a conversation that way. So <laughs> today's the first day of fall too. So that's about all I am thinking about anyway. That is so true. We're in good, uh, we're, we're, we're in a good topic zone right here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So of course, being over in Iowa right now, uh, what kind of things are you doing right now to kind of get prepared for the hunting season? You know, like you said today, as we're recording this, uh, it is the first day of fall, so it's right around the corner, and the the air's starting to change a little bit. So, what are you doing to to get prepared? Yeah, I've actually, I think I've about got my preparation things that I can do preseason wrapped up. I think I finished Saturday. I got my last. Uh, I, it wasn't even a regular stand; it was just a camera set that was off the back of a of another stand. I got that done Saturday and trimmed some shooting lanes. Our youth season is actually open. Uh, and opened up a day or two ago. So right now, my son and I are waiting with bated breath for a, a north wind uh, mm-hmm. so he can get in the field. We have a we have a deer picked out that we're excited to go after. Uh, 
but in Iowa, we, uh, you know, you're not allowed to feed our, our bait during the season. And so, uh, I went and recently made sure you can do it during the summer and like have pictures as long as there's no remnant. So I went and checked all my places this past week and made sure that everything was clean and I'm good and legal. And uh, I've gotten, uh, safety lines and all my tree stands because I am, uh, not only is it me, you know, in a tree, but there's a cameraman too, uh, most times. And so I have to take my own safety into account, but I'm taking someone else's life into account too. And so, uh, things like that, just, uh, really kind of, kind of rocking, just waiting now, just, uh, <laughs> really, really, uh, really, really anticipating October 1st getting here, which is when we can start bow hunting in Iowa. And, uh, getting in some reps with, uh, with the bow. That's uh that's a big thing right now too. Oh yeah. Those, those reps, those physical reps with the bow, they make a huge difference. And, you know, I, I think I prepared more this year than probably I have in the past and I can just feel a difference in just the confidence and, you know, the, the physical confidence as well as the mental confidence, because it, there is a mental aspect to it. And if you're going through the, the shooting mechanism, while thinking about it, then you're already in trouble. It's got to be something that's second nature, I think. And, um, I think that's, that only comes with practice, kind of like what you're getting at. Absolutely. And and now we've added an element of, of filming in with deer hunting. Deer hunting's tough enough when it's just a person, you know, in bow hunting, especially. And so we've added this other element of, of trying to film. And that's just one more thing to think about. And, you know, when you're, we're hunting world-class deer out here. And when, when a world-class deer is standing out in front of you, uh, man, I tell you what, you can, you can really lose your mind and start forgetting (laughs) everything you've ever known about deer hunting. And, or I do anyway, I can't say that for everyone. I'm not seasoned enough, I guess, to, uh, be totally calm. And so all that to say, when you have just, just mental, uh, muscle memory for some things like shooting the bow, uh, you know, especially out to certain yardages that you're very comfortable with. If that's one less thing you've got to worry about, then it's going to make a smoother, it's going to make you have a smoother hunt. And so uh, I, I've started shooting longer distances the past two weeks. Uh, and when I say longer distances, I have a 60 yard pin. And so I've, I've really been repping at 60 and 50 uh, the past two weeks because boy, that really makes 20 and 30 a whole lot easier when you're confident you know, out a little, out a little deeper. I don't know that I would shoot a deer at 50 or 60, but it sure makes you confident at 20 and 30. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see how that would, uh, play a part in it. Kind of going back to that mental aspect of it. If if you, uh, aim small, miss small. And if you're doing that, you know, at 20, 20 yards, 30 yards, even 40 yards, I mean, and you've already been practicing at much further distances, I can definitely see how that could be a, a benefit for you. It's handy for sure. Yeah, you mentioned too that you are taking your son out, and that's something that I'm doing this year as well with my little boy. And um, he this is his first season where he's the one that's uh that's going after the deer. So we had our first sit in the blind uh, a couple of nights ago, and uh, we didn't have anything come in. We've had a small little seven point that's been kind of hanging out. Uh, he's been he's kind of gone nocturnal on us, so we're hoping that he starts showing back up in the daytime again. Um, but yeah, it's just that the whole relationship of, you know, the dad son going out and preparing for hunting season and, uh, you know, target practice and that kind of thing. I've, I've involved him in all of my prep this year too. He's gone with me out to the farm and to get to the spot that we actually hunt on, on the farm we're hunting. Um, 
it's a good probably half mile walk just along oh, wow. the fence line just to get to the spot so he's been out there right behind me the whole time um of course i'm the one carrying the 50 pound bags of corn so we're allowed to bait <laughs> here in kentucky so so yeah i'm the i'm the one carrying the bags of corn but he is uh holding his own and getting out there too so it's just that relationship and that bond that we get to create with our with our sons or daughters uh which, whichever sure. it's really it's really cool Charlie, my son, his name is Charlie, and he's he's ten this year, and he's uh, he's he's killed two deer in his life, one when he was nine, one when he was eight, and uh, he actually killed a turkey when he was seven. But hunting is just not something that he's super fired up about right now. Like he's he's a little more interested now than he was, but I've never pressed it on him. I think that he probably went and did stuff just because I asked him to, and and he's a good boy, and his dad asked him to do something, and. Uh, but, but I've tried to be very sensitive not to pressure him into that. Uh, I kind of messed up with him when he was when he was really little, five six years old. I had him shoot a, I had him shoot a gun that was a little too big for him, and uh, thinking that he could, you know, was going to be a tough guy and he was going to handle it, and he and he didn't, and uh, yeah. kind of spoiled it, not spoiled him, but ruined him a little bit as far as uh, he didn't didn't want anything to do with it after that, and he has slowly come back around. And, uh, I think we're, we're doing it the right way and, and headed in the right direction. And so, um, th- like I said, this is the first year that he's like asked to go. And so I encourage, I know this wasn't necessarily a topic of conversation, but I encourage anyone who might have a, a young child to not be disappointed if their enthusiasm doesn't match yours. Um, this is something I've been passionate about for a long time and, yeah. uh, it, he is passionate about things that I don't care about. And so I, I shouldn't expect, uh, you know, in reverse. So, uh, but it's starting to happen a little bit and it's exciting. Yeah, it definitely is. And I can kind of relate with that as well from his perspective. Uh, I had a pretty similar experience whenever I was younger, I was probably around that same age, about nine or 10. Well, I guess whenever you said that he was probably about five or six, but I was probably about nine or 10 whenever I first shot, uh, I think it was a 44 Magnum that I shot it was a it was a rifle and um and that thing it 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 kicked like a donkey I mean it really did and it, it was one of those things that I, every time after that like I always got real nervous whenever it was my turn to to shoot because I was like I, I don't know if I can handle this recoil and it took me well up into my teenage years to kind of get comfortable with it again to where I don't really think about it anymore and I can definitely uh understand from his perspective where he's kind of coming from with that and that's that's something I think, I don't think it's at any, anybody's fault or anything like that. It's just one of those things that sometimes happen and something that we, we kind of got to work through. And, uh, if it is something that ends up being a passion for us, then that's obviously a necessary step in order to continue to, to pursue that passion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's geared differently. And, uh, mm-hmm. so with Charlie to kind of ease him back into it, just, uh, just briefly, I'll share with you, uh, I, I got a gun a, that he can handle. To, to shoot. So I, I'm not worried about if it's going to kick him too hard. I know it's not. And so that's his hunting weapon, but we, we don't practice with that weapon. Uh, I actually, all, all he shoots is a 22 rifle with a, with a very similar scope uh, to the gun that he's going to be shooting at a deer. Uh, and that's all he's practicing with right now. And uh, that has translated very well for us the past two years. Some people would disagree with me and that's okay. We'll just disagree. But uh but so he's been shooting that 22 and I mean, it's steady as a rock. Mm-hmm. And, and last year when he shot the deer, 
Like he was not even thinking about the gun kicking at all. That was the last thing on his mind because he's kind of, you know, acclimated himself to shooting the 22. And uh, after he shot the deer, he like, he realized it kicked a little bit more, but he said, dang, I didn't even, I didn't even feel it. You know, mm-hmm. I said, I know your adrenaline's going. And uh, so it, he's not scared of his regular gun at all now, you know, his hunting weapon. So it's, it's worked out, man. It's, it's been an exciting, uh, it's been something neat to walk, walk through with, with a child and uh, just appreciating the outdoors and, and, and creation in general uh, is something that, that I'm excited about sharing with them. We certainly, we, we admire creation and we worship the creator and that's something mm-hmm. that we try to teach with, uh, with our kids. Yeah. 100%. 100% absolutely and that's that's great that he's kind of rebounded from that and that's that's good and I hope it I hope it really works out for him this season and I hope he uh gets the one he's going after so that's gonna be that's gonna be great to kind of watch but is uh Iowa is that the only state you guys are gonna be hunting this year or do you have any other any other hunts planned uh, I will hunt this year um uh, Iowa for sure uh and then I've got two hanging in the balance uh <laughs> that are uh, it's going to depend on what happens in Iowa. Thankfully, they're both neighboring states, Nebraska and mm-hmm. Missouri, and uh, they're both pretty easy over-the-counter tags to get. Uh, and I, I have some permission on some places. I, I only live six miles from Missouri and 15 miles from Nebraska. I'm in the very huh. corner of Iowa. Gotcha. And so uh, I, I have relatively easy access to both of them. And so uh, my, my brother, for, I'm from Mississippi, Tyler, and I moved up to Iowa uh, about four and a half years ago. Uh, so my whole family's still back in Mississippi, but my brother drew that, uh, that coveted Iowa archery tag this year, the non-resident tag. And so he's coming up, uh, to hunt with me. And, uh, we've kind of just made the arrangement that I'm not going to take off and go anywhere while he's here. I'm going to hunt with him pretty exclusively. And so, uh, for 13 years, uh, 13 years in a row, I, I actually hunted Kansas as well. And this is the first year I've, I've never drawn a Kansas tag. I, I got a letter that I had never seen before. And that was the, you did not draw uh, <laughs> the tag. And so uh, that really crimped, crimped my plans. Honestly, I, I've always just had a standing, uh, you know, standing hunt in Kansas every year. It's, it's like a second home. And so that's a little different for me, but uh, excited about some possibly some new places. But uh, Iowa for sure, and Mississippi for sure. When when we go home for Christmas, uh, when my family and I go back home and visit, we I will uh, find my way to a deer stand while we're there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And so uh, I guess that uh that question could have been uh, a bittersweet question for you. I guess for not being able to get drawn in Kansas. <laughs> I've seen some monsters come out of there. I've seen some, a lot of people be able to have a lot of success out of there. And it's, uh, so, I mean, I can definitely understand why, why you'd be disappointed to not be able to get that one (laughs) drawn for you. you. It's disappointing, but I mean, I live in, I think what's the greatest state in the world to deer hunt. So I'm true. by, you know, by the, not having the chance of big deer, but I'm, I am disappointed. I would say in the fact that, uh, you know, there, there was a certain, couple of deer that I have history with that I was really wanting to go hunt this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of a weird thing that, 
you know, they, I don't know what's going to happen to them this year. And so I'll be starting, starting over almost next year with trying to build some history uh, with some deer and some farms. Uh, but then the people, man, you, you get used to, uh, that's just part of my life at, at this point. My, my whole adult life really is going to Kansas for a, eight or 10 days during the fall and uh, used to seeing the same people every year at the same time. And that's just, uh, that's not happening this year. And then two, <laughs> this is wild. It, they're, they're my adopted high school football team too. After I moved from uh, Mississippi, which is football is high school football is life down that way. <laughs> uh, they, uh, <laughs> I, I adopted the uh, McPherson bull pups out in McPherson, Kansas as my team. And, uh, so they're they're not allowing fans this year either. So I can't even go down and watch a game, you know. <laughs> Man, they just got you all backwards, huh? <laughs> got me all messed up, Tyler. <laughs> Man. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you know you uh, replanted up in Ohio, or I'm sorry, up in Iowa. So yeah. like, what does that journey kind of look like for you to to go from Mississippi? all the way up to Iowa. I mean, that's not like it's like a neighboring type deal. I mean, that's a pretty significant move, especially, you know, having a family and everything. So, so what kind of events kind of took place in order to get you guys up there? People uh, will, will tell you that are not, that are not me that I moved to Iowa so I could deer hunt and I used <laughs> planting a church as uh, the vehicle to do that. But <laughs> you had to make it look like it, huh? <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Contrary to what like literally everybody says, uh, I've, I'm from Mississippi and have, have lived and, uh, and ministered in, in South Mississippi or S South Alabama my entire, uh, adult life since I was 19. That was my profession as, has been, has been ministry. And, uh, in 2015, the end, end of that year, the Lord just burdened my heart to, to plant a church in an underserved, uh, area. And, uh, he, he kind of put two places on my heart, Tyler. He, he, and I couldn't tell you how, uh, other than it was just the Lord pressed my heart for these places. That, that's the best way I can describe it is just, mm -hmm. there was a burden for, for Wyoming and for Iowa. Um, I had some history with the Midwest clearly from hunting. So I, I love the lifestyle and also that wasn't like a big stretch to think that the Lord might be calling me in that direction. And uh, so I, I hesitated though, to share that with my wife because we were very uh, firmly planted in Mississippi. We just built a brand new home and had two small children. All of our parents lived within 10 miles of us. I mean, it, life was just really, really good, but there was just this constant nagging in the back of my mind that, that the Lord, uh, had had a work for us to do somewhere and so uh i finally broke down and told my wife and would you believe that she says we've not talked about this before at, before that point she says man the lord has been just burdening me for the exact same thing and uh it was just confirmation that it was truly a calling from the lord to do that the way we ended up in Iowa, because I mean, I could talk all night about the, the actual calling and what it took to get here because it's quite a lengthy journey. But uh, the way we ended up in Shenandoah, Iowa, is uh, there was a, a, a former church here in town. Uh, 
when I say former, that it existed for 50 plus years. There's a building. It was fully furnished. It's paid off. It was just sitting empty, though. The church had uh, just dwindled down to, to where there weren't any people coming anymore. And they closed the doors for about five years. And um, I, I reached out to the state executive. We're, we're, I'm Southern Baptist. And so there's a there's a representative, essentially, in each yeah. state. And I reached out to the state executive for Iowa. And he says, man, I got a place that like is right up your alley, it sounds like, because he asked me some qualifying questions. And, and he showed us Shenandoah, Iowa. And we flew up on a miserable January day. I left and it was 80 degrees and I came and, and froze for a week, but we came and visited and um, realized that we could, uh, we could open the doors to this place the next day. You know, it was in that great of a, a position. Uh, we just had to find people. And uh, so we committed, we committed to, uh, to follow the Lord's leading and, and pick up our family and move to, to Iowa, 900 miles from, from doorstep to doorstep. And, um, and we got to work, man. And uh, I will say happily that just this past Sunday, today is Tuesday, just two days ago, we celebrated our four-year anniversary of being a church, Christ Point Baptist Church here in Shenandoah, Iowa. And we celebrated with about 60 people and uh, and, and a, from a tiny little town. I mean, it's just a tiny, tiny, small town. And so, uh, man, God is good. He, he absolutely... He absolutely is the author of all of this. And uh, the fact that I get to live in the greatest deer state in the world is is a tertiary perk that I am, <laughs> I am forever, forever grateful to him for. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's incredible. And congratulations on that, by the way. That's that's a, I know that's something that's not an easy thing to do, especially coming, you know, essentially starting from grassroots and starting, you know, building the, the thing up and to, to be able to reach four years is a, I know it's a huge accomplish, accomplishment and it just gets bigger every single year. So congratulations on that. But one thing I wanted to kind of comment on was that, uh, the it's, I think it's an interesting kind of perspective to, to kind of think, pray to God to disrupt your comfort. I know that's something that you, I know you guys experienced was to, it was you, you said you guys were comfortable and you know you had a good good life you had just built a house and all those kinds of things and uh i think one of the most dangerous prayers that we can i say dangerous like as in a way of you know <laughs> kind of letting god you got to take take control of it but yeah. one of the most dangerous prayers that we could pray is for god to disrupt our comfort because i mean it's it you just never know what's going to happen but it's just a complete surrender to God to, to say, like, here's, here's our life. Like do what you want with it. We are the clay mold us. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to, to hear stories like your all's and yeah, just to hear the faithfulness that you guys have with being able to, to pursue the, the ministry and being able to, of course, honor God in the process. I, I agree. It's, uh, I often say, don't pray it unless you mean it. Don't, don't sing it unless you mean it, you know, don't, don't sing God a lie, but, uh, I, I would be naive to think that it's anything that I've done. Honestly, we thought that leaving home and, and moving away would be uh, strenuous and very difficult. In fact, is I'm not a huge reader, but my wife is. And so she starts picking up literature and things just uh, from other people who have gone through the 
you know, the experience of, of beginning missionary work. Cause that's, that's what we are technically or missionaries. Mm-hmm. And boy, just about two of one, it was all like very negative, prepare to be miserable kind of a stuff, but miserable in God's name, you know, in the name of Jesus. And right. it, it has been farther. It could not be farther from the truth for our experience. It's been such a gratifying experience to feel like you are walking where down the path that God wants you to walk. I, I've prayed and prayed and prayed. God, wherever you lead, I'll follow and I'll be darned. He led us somewhere and we followed and it's been the most gratifying experience of, of my life. Uh, and I will say that the pain of like leaving family and all, uh, that there's been some of that, but at the same time, you know, we get to see them still and talk to them still. It's not like they died <laughs> and right. uh, get to go home and they can come here. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, there is nothing better. And, and I say this, this sounds very, uh, I use the word preachy and I don't mean to be that way, but there is nothing more fulfilling than being in the middle of God's will and being where he's at work. And, uh, for, for a believer anyway. And so, you know, it, it would be easy to say, yeah, great. Look, look what we've done or, or look where we've come from. But at the same time, uh, I, is very little. It, I think that God works in spite of me sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think that that's more close to the truth than anything. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's incredible. And, you know, of course, with, uh, with this year, the way it's been this whole 2020 anytime, I think 2020 is going to be one of those years that whenever you just, or one of those numbers that whenever you hear it, it's going to just automatically remind you of the year that we faced. But, <laughs> you know, being a, being a pastor right now and, uh, experiencing the kind of things that you've experienced on top of, you know, the, the move, everything from just a few years ago and continuing to try to build, uh, your local church and local con- congregation, what kind of challenges has this year been for you? Or has it even been a challenge? Has it been something that has been, uh, I guess almost a blessing, I guess, throughout the whole process. And what's, what's that kind of look like for your local congregation? Uh, well, I don't know that I've, I've, I know that there's a blessing somewhere. I don't know that I've seen, figured it out yet, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> to say that I was not um, a little anxious whenever we started having to entertain the fact that we're going to have to shut down our building, uh, to say that I wasn't anxious would be wrong, and forgive me, Lord, because I, I know that he's in control. But at the same time, you know, I mentioned that we had about 60 people um, in four years, and this is glory to the Lord in four years, we've, we've seen, oh, I think 30 be baptized. And, and many of those were, uh, come into the Lord for the, for the first time. That's the first time they'd ever acknowledged Christ. And, yeah. uh, so, I mean, roughly half of our congregation are still baby Christians. And, uh, right now, which is, that's exactly who we came to target were, were the lost. And so you, you think if, did they have enough of a foundation to sustain by not being involved in this fellowship? And I, I tell you what, God is so good when, when he does a genuine work in someone's life, there is true transformation. And we've seen that in, in, in the lives of people and where I thought, you know, shame on me where I thought, you know, a lot of these people are going to fall off and, and we're going to have to work really hard to be able to see them again. Um, uh, 
a lot of that couldn't be further from the truth. We we certainly lost a few people that are still a little hesitant to come back. But uh, at the same time, I think that we have some that are stronger and that they realize that they enjoy the fellowship with with God's people and uh, kind of you don't know what you got till it's gone thing. And so uh, we have it back now, thankfully, <laughs> in-house meeting. And we might have to shut down next week. It seems like COVID is just now starting to kind of sweep through our area. We've been widely unaffected um, until this past week or so. And so, but all that to say, it made us uh, shore up some things. Um, we've always shared online our services uh, from the very beginning. Um and broadcast those things online. And so that wasn't new or different, but it made us like shore up some things like, like sound and video quality and stuff like that. So it, it I guess that was a benefit, a perk. We kind of took care of some things that needed to be taken care of. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good. And that, I think that's a, something a lot of churches have really faced this year. It's uh yeah. it's been a challenge. I know for every pastor and, and, I can definitely commend every pastor who's doing it in a way that's honoring God. And I can, uh, I can definitely appreciate that. And that's because I've been talking with my, our, our pastor as well. And I can't imagine the stresses that they're, that you guys are undergoing, and especially, you know, just a few months ago where everything was like, nobody had a good answer for anything other than, you know, of course, what the, the word of God says, and that yeah. is ultimately what is, what's most important anyway. So, but I mean, it's just incredible to kind of watch the, uh, the, I guess the, the faith kind of play it, play out throughout this entire year. And, you know, I think I said it in another interview that I was doing on a, another podcast that the year 2020, you know, prior to this, I can remember thinking back in November and December, like, you know, everybody's going to, they're wanting their, their 2020 vision. They're wanting their clear yeah. vision on what they're going to do this year and all that yep. kind of thing. And, and just the, just to kind of sit back and think about that, it's almost comical at this point because it's like, well, it did not go nearly as, as planned as nobody could have, uh, could have addressed this and predicted this. So I think it's just great to kind of, kind of watch how God has worked throughout this whole process and just to see those that are remaining faithful to him. And of course we need to continue to pray for those that are, are struggling right now because there are a lot of people right now that are losing the faith and they're stepping away from it. And they're getting back into old habits because, uh, they don't have, you know, in, in their region or in their, uh, town or whatever it is, they don't have that in-person fellowship that they can kind of attend to. And it can be, it can be hard on a lot of people, but of course can be good on some. So it's, uh, definitely been a challenge and a blessing in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. That's right. But so, uh, of course you are, um, a pro staff leader with Buck Ventures. And this is of course how me and you met, I guess we probably should have led off with this, but you were, uh, the first one that, that met me at the door whenever I was, uh, going into the, the pro staff meeting back in July in, in Oklahoma. And, uh, so that, I mean, that, that whole experience was for me, from my perspective. So this is my first year being a pro staff, of course. And, um, from my perspective, I'm traveling from Kentucky. Uh, it's a 13 hour drive for me to get there. Drove in the night before, I guess the day before, cause I drove all day and I'm yeah. not knowing anybody. And then here's you standing at the door, welcoming me to, to come in and get, kind of get to know everybody. And it was, it was really cool to have that warm welcome from you and from some of the other guys too. And, uh, I think it's just a testament to the type of 
team and the type of people that are involved with that Buck Ventures crew. So how did that kind of start with you? How did your relationship with Jeff, Daniel, Jay Lee, and the rest of the Buck Ventures guys, how did that uh, kind of play into your story? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to have, to have met you and so many. Um, and actually, that was something kind of new this year, the leader standing at the door and greeting folks. And it kind of it kind of was uh, – it came from the fact that we were talking about, like, our first years coming in and being super uh, anxious. And, and especially if you came by yourself, which so many do, I did. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want somebody to reach out and make a connection. And so I, I pray that that was a blessing for, for you and for – for others and, and to help start making connections. But no, my relationship with Buck Ventures started uh, <laughs> out of the blue, I guess is the best way to put it. I think <laughs> in February of 2018, I think it might've been even Valentine's day. Um, Jeff and Daniel went live on their social media account, Buck Ventures social media account. And, uh, and, and, they just basically said, this is something that is, is brand new. We're starting a pro staff and uh, we want you to fill out an application. If you ever have wanted to be involved in the outdoor industry and I'm sure there was more to it, but it was really, that's kind of what it was geared towards. There wasn't a whole lot of spiritual implication in that, uh, in that video other than have a chance to be part of our pro staff and, uh, fill out the application and I just I just happened to see it on Facebook honestly it was just out of the blue deal and uh, so I filled it out not really expecting to hear back from them um, but they they called Daniel emailed me um, and said hey congratulations you've been uh, accepted to come and be a part of this this meeting and then after the meeting is over with, we'll we'll decide if you're part of the pro staff, essentially. And uh, I didn't know what that meant, really. I didn't know what it looked like other than the fact that I knew I was going to go and have a chance at being part of a television show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I did like so many. Uh, of course, granted, the, the very first one, <laughs> this very first pro staff meeting, I went and I didn't know if there were going to be like five of us there or 500 of us. I, I had no clue. And uh, so I got there and there were, I think, 60 or 80, somewhere in that neighborhood of men and women who had been invited to come and participate. And uh, you will probably agree with me because this, the the very first meeting was the same way. It's like, it's like church camp for hunters. Yeah. I don't know a better way to describe it, but it's it's like. That's exactly how I described it to my wife whenever I talked to her (laughs) later that night. Like it feels like a church camp for hunters. Like it's this awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean that's exactly right. And I uh, I went through the, the the orientation and the little film school that they did, and um, met Daniel and Jeff for the very first time there. Like I remember standing in line, like I was at you know ATA show or something, wanting to get their autograph. But I remember standing in line just to I had my picture made with Jeff and and Jaylee and still have that handy and um just was so excited and and i even made a post on facebook as i was coming home announcing that i was part of this buck ventures pro staff that i'm happy to put my name with it because Mm -hmm. i'm a pastor and and the the lord is my first love in the church and i'm clearly a church planter i don't want anything to take away from from ministry and it was something that I felt so confident that I could put my name beside 
and with confidence that I wouldn't deter from ministry or from the Lord. And if anything, over the past three years, it's enhanced it uh, and enhanced my walk with the Lord because Buck Ventures, uh, Jeff Danker, and, and Daniel McVeigh uh, are so Christ-centered. And, and it's not a facade. You know, it's not it's not something that they say just to appease a demographic, <laughs> but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a legitimate lifestyle. And uh, so I worked really hard that first year doing the best that I could uh, with, with the skill set that God's given me. And that was, uh, I did a lot of social media posts just on my personal thing, trying to appease what they'd ask us to do and help market some of the, the partners. And I tried to do my best filming like, my wife was so supportive, Tyler. She, she's like, this has been a dream of yours. I know this is something like since I was seven years old, I've, I've watched hunting videos. You know, that's what, that's where I, yeah. how I entertain myself. She said, I know this is something she said, just go all out. If you're going to do it, go all out. Don't go halfway. And so like we bought cameras and the, all the gear and everything to do it. And, uh, and I'll be darned. It just, they recognize the effort, uh, through social media and through um, just the the effort of sending in footage, even they, they recognize the effort. And from that, they asked me to be a part of their leadership team for the second year. Uh, and what that looks like is we have so many pro staff guys uh, and, and gals that if everyone were to call Daniel and Jeff, every time they had an issue, then that would be their full-time job. And it certainly right. is. Not. And so, it's basically set up like a deacon ministry almost to where uh, one one man or woman is in kind of overseas a, a collection of, of the pro staff. And I think I have 10 uh, guys. They're kind of regionally located. I have Iowa, Missouri, and Indiana right now. So, uh, uh, but it, it just kind of rocked on from there. And uh, I, I enjoyed it, you know, the work. So it wasn't like it was work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, and had a shot to get on TV. My forty five seconds of fame. Are you ready for this? Like I filmed, <laughs> I filmed my tail off the whole first season. Just worked my tail off, and I made forty five seconds of the of the of the ten episode whole first season. I had forty five seconds on the very last episode. The very next to last segment of the episode is of me missing a deer. And, uh, <laughs> I, and and praise God, I saw myself on the Outdoor Channel this past this past Friday missing that deer, and I could not have been more proud. Just the fact that I I called my mom and said, "Mom, I made it." I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on TV now. <laughs> I'm on TV, but it was so unique that that um, again, you just kind of kind of worked hard at what they asked us to do, and um, and it's been such a blessing. It's gone from like I'm standing in line waiting to get, you know, the autograph type feeling to now Daniel's become one of my best, my best friends. We talk multiple times a week and, uh, and I've stayed at Jeff and his wife, Tracy's home a handful of times now, uh, going and doing things down in Oklahoma with them. They, they insist you stay at their home with them and to be able to fellowship and, and, uh, talk about hunting absolutely you want to pick somebody's brain like that about killing a big deer because they they know what they're doing mm-hmm. um, but even but just talk about life and the lord and just checking on each other it's uh man it's been it's been a major impact in my life yeah that's awesome that's 
That's great to hear. And it's interesting hearing your uh, your story kind of play out there because a lot of the things that you were describing there, you know, especially with your first year are things that exactly what I felt, you know, going in. So, like I said, I, I drove in by myself uh, 13 hours. I was reluctant to go in the first place because, yeah. you know, people would ask me, you know, why, why are you going to Oklahoma this year? And it's like, uh, I'm going to be a pro staff for some, uh, for the Buckventure show. And they're like, wait, what are you going to be doing? It's like, well, I, I guess I'm going to be doing some promotional stuff. I'm not exactly sure yet, but I'm exactly. going, <laughs> but, uh, my wife, she was like, she was so supportive. It's, it's crazy how supportive she was. She's like, you're going, I feel like this is something that needs to, needs to happen for, uh, yourself and of course for the Buck Ventures crew and then maybe even potentially for the podcast and I think this is something that yeah. you really need to go for I was like yeah that I I you're if you're telling me to go then I guess I need to go and you know I a lot of that same kind of stuff whenever I walked in is just like I guess this year you know it, you were saying how it was like 60 to 70 people this year I think we probably had close to 200 that were people that were there in that room and it was it was jam-packed and I didn't even know where to start but I yeah. just kind of dove right in and just started shaking hands and talking to people and um i think that's kind of the way you had to do it in that kind of situation when you, you just drove halfway across the country and don't really know of anybody but the thing that really impacted me with what jeff and daniel have done is that is the is the spiritual implications like it was like i was hesitant of it even once it started until jeff kind of did his introductory speech and was talking about like this platform is going to be used for the promotion of Jesus over anything. Like don't let hunting be your little G God because Christ is, is the one that's going to be magnified through this process. And it's going to be magnified through our platform here. And as soon as he said that, I was like, all right, check me off. I'm in, let's do this. Yeah. And it was, yeah. uh, that whole, just the whole, like you said, it was, it was like church camp for hunters and it was, it was such an incredible experience. And as soon as I left, I was already ready to go back for the next year. And I'm excited to be able to get back in, out there this uh this summer but one of the things that you mentioned was that your your wife was supportive as well and of course marriage and hunting and those kind of things they they don't always go well together especially for a lot of guys that don't have a godly marriage so what are some ways that you have i guess found some some ways to balance hunting with marriage and with family and those types of things and make sure the wife stays happy while you go out and pursue the things that you're passionate about <laughs> Years of training, Tyler. Years of training. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn your ways. <laughs> I joke when I say that, of course. And well, my I, part of that is true. Not the training part. I don't mean to sound insensitive. My, my wife and I have been married. I'm 34 years old, and I've been married for 13 and a half years. So, uh, you know, we've we've been together a long time, and uh, she kind of knew what she was getting into. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> not, not much has changed. Uh, so I'm very thankful that she tolerates uh, my obsession come fall, uh, which here lately it seems to be an all year thing. Um, but in regard to like you, when you're home, you need to be all there. And uh, it's easy not to be, uh, especially with social media and things that, that just pry for our time now. And uh, so that that's something to to try to make sure that when she needs me, I'm there. And, and when my kids need me, I'm there. My, my children are nine and 10 years old now, so they don't need dad 
quite as much as they did. <laughs> you know, it, they, they're, they're self-supporting in some ways now, not unlike when they're three and four and five years old. Uh, so I will say that that has made things a little easier too. Now that the kids can kind of help take care of themselves just a little, you know, not, not nothing right. major, uh, but that's helped a, a whole lot. Uh, but, but like I said, when, when you are there being all there and then understanding the fact that, that we're, we're, we do have a purpose behind all of it. It's not just, Hey, I'm going out with the boys, you know, see you later. Um, and I think that she is supportive of the purpose and the mission, which is to uh, to help grow this company, Buck Ventures in general, and the Woodsman specifically, because that could be a major platform for uh, for a lot of for the ministry, for a lot of people, and, and for me in particular. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for me as well, and she supports that. Um, I support some things that she does too, you know, so that <laughs> it works, it works right. both ways a little bit. Uh, she, she's a travel agent. And so uh, pre COVID she was doing really well at that and was being asked to go on some different trips and things to familiarize herself, um, y- you know, just with different places. And so she was getting to do some of that and I was getting to stay home. So, I mean, it kind of it evened out a little bit as far as, right. as far as that goes. And, uh, but honestly, we, we do a lot together as a family, Tyler, when we moved, it might have a lot to do with that. When we moved four and a half years ago or more, uh, we, we were all we had, Yeah, you know, um, it, it wasn't like we moved anywhere. We knew people. And so our family unit, my wife, my two children, we got really tight and, uh, th- that could be one of the kind of unforeseen biggest blessings that we've experienced is that we became really, really tight as a family unit and really depended on each other and, and enjoyed like genuinely enjoyed each other. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, man, it's just, uh, it's it's a unique relationship and situation that I am blessed to be in. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely, speak on that i can definitely agree on that as well and i think that when we're faced in those situations when the the core family is together and you like you were saying is all you have i think there's definitely a uh there's a reliance on each other that you normally wouldn't have if you know grandma lived two blocks down the road that you could just throw the kids at and then head down the grocery store or something i think whenever whenever because uh for myself and my my wife we got married really young i was 20 she was 21 we had our first son about a year and a half after we got married and we've always i mean we've very similar to your all situation i'm sure we've always been just kind of we've that's it like it's just us and um you know you learn how to grow up together you learn how to take care of each other you learn how to take care of yourself learn how to take care of the kids together and there's just uh it's just a different dynamic to marriages that look like that. And, you know, unfortunately not all of them work out and, um, you know, that, that could be something that is a whole nother topic that we could definitely go into. But, uh, but for a lot, I think it really makes the, the relationship stronger because like pretty much you, you have two things to rely on. You got God to rely on. And then of course your spouse, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, uh, those two things are going to fulfill you more than anything else will be able to. And it's, it's, a definitely, a 
interesting dynamic to to how you know the family I guess is supposed to work. I I can't help but agree, and uh, it is unfortunate that you know someone in a similar situation as me being passionate about hunting, you know, and then my, we'll just, I hate to say ministry as a job, but it is, it is what it is technically. Right. Uh, spend a lot of time devoted to my job and to, and then to hunting. Uh, some, some men are not as fortunate to have, uh, you know, wives who are as supportive as, as mine. And so, uh, part of it is just being blessed and, uh, <laughs> And, and I can't say that it's, you know, there's a special magic formula to make it happen that way other than I have a, a wonderful wife. <laughs> right. Definitely. 100%. I can definitely uh, agree with that from my side as well. But I'm going to make sure she listens to this too, by the yeah, way. Make sure, yeah, we need edit. to make sure that she has the volume turned up real loud for this part. Edit so. that part out there where I say I'm going to be sure she listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> to kind of jump back to to the woodsman, um, you know, and to to kind of go further into that platform, there is a uh, one of the things too that that really that real I really loved about the woodsman platform and what Jeff and Daniel were trying to do with that is uh, their whole slogan of shoot by sight and walk by faith. Now right. that like of course shooting by sight that's something we can relate to as hunters as outdoorsmen and then combining that with the walk by faith i think it's just a it just speaks to to people that probably listen to this podcast and of course is going to speak to me and you and then to a whole lot of people that i think you mentioned earlier as a it participates in this lifestyle so for you what is it what does it mean to shoot by sight and walk by faith yeah, you know, that comes from uh, not that particular phrase, but this is kind of a play on 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Mm-hmm. It says, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so that just pressed on Jeff a lot of years ago. And, and he says, shoot by sight and walk by faith. I think that is a perfect encapsulation of what Buck Ventures and, and the Woodsman really are when he says shoot by sight. I mean, clearly that's just a play on the phrase. Uh, but it's, you know, we, we enjoy hunting and we enjoy the outdoors and that's a big part of our lives and that's a big part of the show clearly that's the uh, the main part of the show but the walk by faith part doesn't need to be forgotten it, it's yeah. always added in with that and uh, a phrase that just has been impactful for me uh and it came from that meeting um last year or this past summer uh, was was Ryan Davison said we got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's yep. Jesus Christ, you know, and all of it. And so yeah, we shoot by sight. We enjoy the the outdoors. We enjoy the adventure that is filming for television. But at the same time, we walk by faith. Shooting by sight is not what defines us. Killing big deer is not what defines us. You know, people the people that can kill a big deer are a dime a dozen. They, they, you anybody can kill a big deer. But I think it's what you stand for and who you stand for that that's what's important. And I so I can again, I can put my name beside that. It's something that I can I can proudly stand with is is that we are walking by faith as we are attempting to do something that we enjoy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One hundred percent. That's I can share that as well, is that the the woodsman being 
involved in and just over the past short two months that I've been able to to participate it's been uh such a uplifting thing you know for me spiritually just because you know we have these guys we have these guys and gals from all across the country that we can kind of share things with and uh had some things going on this summer of course with the with my own church that you guys kind of helped me with and gave me some some guidance and advice on it was it's just it's just incredible to be able to be a part of a group that has that same kind of type of identity and you know um i was listening to jeff durbin he's a pastor out in arizona he's a i listened to one of his sermons and he was talking about how you know whenever we have jesus in our lives it's not something that we add on to our life it's not like we have all these things and then Jesus kind of attaches almost like a piggyback. It's whenever we truly have Jesus, he implements and replaces all those things. We die to ourselves and he replaces those things and infiltrates and puts his hand in all, all parts of our life. And that of course includes hunting as well. Like that includes our passions, our hobbies and our marriage and our, our families and our job and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's definitely something I've seen play out over the past two months with with the the woodsman crew and being able to share uh life with with everybody i know that's something that that you can kind of speak on as well is just it's just an incredible group of people probably the best people on the planet <laughs> i might be biased but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i i agree with you there are some there are some good dudes and some good ladies involved in this thing and uh, we all do have that common thread that that we wanted to be you know, part of the outdoor industry. I don't think anybody came into it, uh, maybe except for one or two who kind of knew Jeff a little bit already. But I don't think anybody came into it thinking that this is going to be a ministry that I get to be a part of and and then going to get to hunt as well. I think most of us thought this is going to be a hunting opportunity, outdoor industry opportunity. And then, you know, they sprinkle in some ministry. But I love the fact that it's not... uh hunting or jesus you know or television or christ but it's and and and, uh that's huge man that's incredible we do have some of the best some of the best people um i've just created some wonderful wonderful friendships and that's been another great part of the buck ventures and and subsequently the woodsman um the networking you know that's that's getting to be done all over all over the country and um it's pretty powerful i would say yeah it definitely is and i've been a benefit of that as well that's the reason why you're on here is because of <laughs> that that very that very same group so uh now the the woodsman is going to premiere on october 14th and uh you know, I'm, I'm super excited to be able to uh watch that this episode here of the rice podcast is actually going to post exactly one week beforehand so as hey. people are kind of listening to this, this one's scheduled to post on October 7th. So this will be exactly a week. So uh, make sure that you guys that are listening to this, go ahead and get the My Outdoor TV and go ahead and subscribe to that. That way you don't miss out on on the woodsman coming up. And of course, Noel makes a appearance this fall. So you want to kind of hey. give us the a, a backstory on that a little bit. Don't give us all the details, but. <laughs> I didn't miss. How about that? That's a good backstory. Yeah, the woodsman. Go is a digital series that is a spinoff show of Buck Ventures. And so uh, My Outdoor TV is an app that's similar to Netflix, but it's all hunting-related content, hunting and fishing-related content. 
that comes from Sportsman Channel and Outdoor Channel and World Fishing Network, things like that, things like that. So we are a um, we are a, a my outdoor TV, what they call an original, meaning that it it belongs to my outdoor TV exclusively, uh, with the exception of this past week during Deer Week uh, that Outdoor Channel Sportsman Channel do. They they aired the full season of of the Woodsman on Outdoor Channel, so it's pretty epic, man. That was awesome. Uh, but season one is out right now on my Outdoor TV. But you're right, season two is going to drop. I think the way it's going to work, just to uh, so we don't mislead anyone, I think they're going to drop three episodes of a twenty episode season. Uh, they're going to drop three episodes on October fourteenth, and then we'll probably drop three episodes per week. Uh, at, until they're completed. And so uh, I don't know if I'll be on the first week or the second week. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to go, but I have been assured that uh, I have made an episode. And so I'm I'm thrilled about that. I killed three bucks last year. One of them was, uh, <laughs> was a dandy here in Iowa. And uh, we got it on film, and and just one of my best friends was able to film for me, and that was awesome. And then uh, I actually I don't know I don't know any details. I've not seen the episode. I don't know a thing. I'll be surprised when the viewers see it too. Uh, I'll be as surprised. But uh, I killed a deer in Kansas last year where I was self filming. And Tyler, you won't believe this. I've got him filming. I've got him filmed all the way up to the shot, and I had to move the camera just seconds before the shot to get him in center frame. And I somehow or another, I punched the record button as I was moving the camera. So I, I essentially, I turned the record button off for the shot. And then as he's running away, I turned the record button back on and I have him tipping over. So I have him two oh, seconds man. before the shot and two seconds after the shot. And so uh, I don't know if that'll make it or not. And then I, I killed a good buck in Mississippi too on camera. So we'll see. I uh, It's going to be one or three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's great i'm definitely looking forward to it and um it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch all these guys that i've been able to meet over the past few months to actually see them on on tv and be able to to watch a lot of their successes in the field it's gonna be really cool so Noel, i appreciate you being on the rice Killy podcast with me uh where can listeners where can they connect with you where can they i guess watch more of your content check out some more of your content and that kind of thing yeah, I'm super active on Instagram and on Facebook, and uh, folks are more than welcome to, to to like and follow there. I think I think all of my handles are at Noel Gandy, uh, and so that should that should get you uh, get you to me. I have a Twitter account, but it's not very active, so that, that might not do anybody any good. <laughs> and uh, if any of your followers are just looking for more uh, church content, uh, I, I share all of my messages weekly. Um, and that's uh, on Facebook, on Facebook. And that's at Christ Point Baptist Church. All right. I'll, I will tag and link all of that into the show notes of this show. I'll be sure to include the church information down there as well. That way they can check out a service if they want to. And uh, yeah. again, no, I, I appreciate it. I, this was a real fun conversation. I'm glad we we're able to get this worked out. And I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on the big screen this fall so <laughs> hey i agree man the pleasure was mine i always enjoy talking talking to lord and talking hunting so this is perfect there we go two things i i'm comfortable with talking about but we can do it 
All right, so there you go. There is my conversation with Noel Gandy. I know you guys appreciated that one. I know you guys like that one a lot. And I definitely appreciate Noel jumping on the Rise Kelly podcast with me today to discuss the Woodsman TV show and just about everything else. I mean, this is really cool to be able to connect with him. I want to challenge you guys to go check out my outdoor TV. If you guys are fans of the Rise Kelly podcast, I know you're going to enjoy what my outdoor TV has to offer and its streaming service for people just like you and me. So be sure to check that out. More specifically, be sure to check out The Woodsman where you'll be able to see Noel coming up as well as a bunch of other great people as well. If you guys got any value from today's episode, I just want to ask that you guys leave a rating and review on the podcast platform that you listen on. Many of you guys listen on Apple Podcasts as well as iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify. There's all kinds of different places that you can listen to the Rise Kelly podcast. On those platforms, you guys can leave a rating and review. That'll help the Rise Kelly podcast continue to climb in the rankings. I do say continue to climb only because of what you guys have done with your support and your ongoing loyalty. The Rise Kelly podcast is being able to get out into more people's ears. And it happens through the process of you guys leaving ratings and reviews. And then the podcast platform, they use their algorithms to jump the best performing podcast up, up their list. So it's only by you guys that we've been able to actually make some progress in the ranking. So that is certainly appreciated. One last thing before I let you guys go, the Rise Elite podcast is a listener supported program. So I'm hoping to in the future have some sponsorships and have some brands that want to partner together to be able to help promote their products as well as the Rise Elite podcast. But in the meantime, the Rise Elite podcast is listener supported. So if you guys are interested in checking out how you can support the Rice Elite podcast, then click on the link that is found at the bottom of the show notes. There's a lot of information in there. Down at the very bottom, there is a link specifically for show support. So you guys will be able to click on that and see how you can make a monthly arrangement to help support the show and help promote the Rice Elite podcast and enhance the audio and hopefully visual experience for the Rice Elite podcast in the future. Be sure to go down there and check that out. And My name is Tyler Pruitt. I certainly appreciate all the support that you guys give and be sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Rise Elite Podcast.